Welcome to Dirty Water Podcast, episode 7. Today is Wednesday, September 9th. We are back on Wednesdays again. We told you way back at the beginning it would be every Wednesday, or at least Billy told you. He lied a lot. I'm Chris. This is Billy. We've got a lot to cover today. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, and guess what? In 24 hours, we kick off the NFL. What's up, Billy? Football is back, and I'm so excited. Um... Yeah, we have so much to cover today. We try to keep these 45 minutes or less. Um, maybe a tough one today, but it's exciting that there's so much stuff to talk about that we have to chop content. So, I, I mean, we got playoffs, everything's happening, MLB is getting close to a finish. Uh, yeah, it's an exciting time to be let's, a sports fan. Let's do it, man. Let's hear your picks from last week. Let's recap. All right. Um, the first one that I need to hold over your head. Are we starting so, with that? The Rockets beat your little thunder. Let me tell you something. I got to give it to you. You were right. I was wrong. And what we came up with off air is Tuesday, which we're going to get into later in the episode today. Tuesday, when we do episode eight live for our three-year anniversary, Billy's going to get behind the bar, make a shot. I don't know what's going to be in it. There's rumors of tequila, hot sauce, and God knows what else. And I got to take it. Now, with that said, my only commentary was Harden was an absolute offensive choker, hitting four shots in game seven, but to his credit and to yours, he actually played phenomenal defense. The Rockets have stepped up their defense, and they pulled that series out. So I was wrong. I take it like a man. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about the, the Rockets and their matchup with the Lakers when we get to the NBA here. Finishing up the recap, uh, we also had a Game 7. This feels like forever ago, but it was just last week. Nuggets and Jazz. Nuggets end up taking that series. I was wrong again, but oh, my Conley, your shot was halfway down at the buzzer Game 7. Oh. That, they, did, they were so close to a buzzer beater there. Uh, so those were two wins. Uh, I told you the Heat-Bucks game. I think that was – I don't even know what game Who that called the Heat two weeks ago over the Bucks? You did. That was me. You did. That I, was – I just want to touch on that yep. real quick, Billy. That series was 1,000% about toughness. Yep. And I'll tell you what, Milwaukee, I don't know what you got to do because you got more talent than you need to win a title. You got to figure something out in that organization because losing and laying down in five never should have happened. Yep. And I so, – so I gave you my pick was the over in that game. That over did hit. And then I also called the – OKC fourth quarter scoring more points in game seven than the Rockets, which they did, even though they lost. So that was were four wins. I also had four losses. So not a losing week, but my first week where I didn't win, uh, I lost on saying that Harden was going to have more points than CB3. You were right. He was really bad offensively, but came up defensively where it matters. But the bet was a loss. And then I had three hockey picks I gave you. Those all actually lost. I went 0 for in hockey. Um, but one of those was a pretty long shot. It was a guy scoring a goal and his team winning. Um, oh, the Islanders? Yeah, the Islanders. Yep. Yeah. So 4 four and 4 last week. Don't love it. Uh, if you're not a winner, you're a loser. So not a great week. But You just mentioned hockey. Is that even still happening? Because I'm not going to lie to you, Billy. Ever since the Bruins got knocked out, I, I don't even know who's playing. It is still happening. We have, we have the conference finals. So we have two series going on. We'll, we'll get into that now. Um, let's start with, with the Stars and the Knights. The Stars took the first game of that series, um, and then the Knights kind of dominated them in, in game two. Sits at 1-1. The current line is Stars plus 220. 
Vegas Golden Knights minus 270. Um, my initial thoughts are the Knights are going to run away with this, I think, in five or six. I know it's a, a tie series right now. I don't, I don't really know what happened to them in game one. The Stars were just fast and came out swinging, but I think the Knights are a better team. I think they're going to take it. Um, the only thing I want to throw in here real quick, and I made this mention about three, four weeks ago when I watched the Stars-Flames first round series. It was one of the most entertaining series of the playoffs early on. The Stars are fast as blazes. As a fan... If I could get a Stars-Lightning finals, it would just be a skate fest, which from a viewer standpoint, taking the betting out of it would just be a lot of fun. Yeah, it would be. And I'll get to my bet in a second, which is a, a unique one. I don't think I've done a parlay on the show, but that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, the other series here, the Islanders are down 0-1 to one to the Lightning. Currently, if you want, like the Islanders, you can get them at great odds, plus 425. After they gave them eight goals in game one, yeah. And the Lightning are minus 550. Now, you know me, I hate picking favorites, uh, and I think the favorites are going to win these series. I like the Knights over the Stars, and I like the Lightning over the Islanders. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to parlay them. Again, the Knights are minus 270, the Lightning are minus 550. If you parlay both of those together, you can get it for minus 161. So not quite even odds, but gives you a lot more value. I think you know, both those teams are going to win. They've looked good all season. They've looked good in the playoffs. Neither team, I mean, obviously the, the Lightning and the Bruins had, had a, a close match there for a while. but It really, it really wasn't that close, Billy. You're, you're, you're giving you you're too much credit. Nice. It was a bad <laughs> series in the end. But I, I think they're both going to win. And, I, I, you know, you don't get enough money, especially on the Lightning and minus 550 individually. So I'm going parlay, minus 161. Both those teams are going to finish out their series. Um, this may not be done by the time we record next, but we'll check in on how that played out in maybe two episodes. And, and the only thing I'll add to the Islanders in game one, and I, I wonder if this will continue. They played three overtime games in the seven-game series against the Flyers. The last one was a double overtime, which was game seven. Yeah. Uh, they look tired. I don't know if that will continue. They're a fairly young team. If they have tired legs in game two, this might be a very quick series. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, again, my picks are parlay, the Knights, and the Lightning to win their series together, minus 161. We got a um, baseball, Billy? Yeah, let's talk about baseball. Um, we're getting, I think we're about 42, 43 games, depending on how many games the, the Except for those that were knocked out of right. full of doubleheaders, which we're going to get into right now. Well, before we get into that, let me just say for the record, the two top seeds in the American League right now, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Chicago White Sox. So, you know what I'm saying, folks? Right. I believe well, someone we know mentioned those two teams the, in episode one. The Indians are tied with the White Sox for their division lead right now. But yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good call. Uh, this is the thing I want to get into, and I, we text off the air, and I want to bring this, this point up on the air for, for you guys and for Billy. We are going to see a ton of doubleheaders now here these last two weeks. Yep. We know the Cardinals have to catch up. We know the Marlins have to catch up. The Phillies have to catch up. Uh, there's a couple others that maybe not as much, but like you mentioned, there's teams at about 42, 43 games, but there are teams at about 35 games. Uh, even the Nats, I noticed, I believe they play 13 games the last 10 days of the season. My question is, and this is going to be kind of a multi-part question. Okay. How is this going to affect the over-under on the seven-inning games? Mathematically, one might assume, okay, there's a nine-inning game. We take a seven-inning game. The over-under is going to be approximately seven-ninths mm -hmm. of, of what it would normally be, 77.7%. However, there's two factors here that I see. One, 
you're going to have to go deeper in your pitching staff in a doubleheader, especially when you play multiple doubleheaders in a week. Yeah. So the quality of pitching is going to lower. Two, hitting is a rhythm thing. If position players are now consistently getting eight, nine plate appearances in a day as opposed to like four to five, right. I got to think the rhythm gets better for the hitters and thus theoretically, at least my theory, and I don't know that I'm right about this, the hitting should be better and the pitching should be worse in these double headers. Are we looking at some high scores down the stretch here, even in seven inning games? So interesting. I, I do agree with you about hit, hitting being a rhythm, um, but I actually think the pitching is going to be better and more important. I think that we're going to see teams pull starters at the first sign of struggling. They've been doing that even now. I think this entire season, I, I've seen a lot of starters getting pulled in the third and fourth inning in games where they've maybe given up two runs. So I don't know if that's any different than what's been happening. I think it's going to be even more important to them. I think they know that if, if they can bring in relievers and have just a couple guys go for an inning and, and pull guys at, at five and have four relievers in, those relievers can still pitch in the, in the second doubleheader. Like, it's no problem if a guy throws 15 pitches, sure. he can throw again. So because you can reuse the relievers but you can't reuse the starters, I think we'll see more guys getting pulled early. I think the pitching – I would bet matchups based on who the pitcher is more than I would in a nine-game inning. But you're saying who the pitcher is, but yet if the pitchers are going to get pulled earlier, doesn't starting pitching mean a little bit less, and thus the matchup mean a little bit less? If starting pitchers struggle. So I wouldn't, you know, if, if we're talking about, I'll take the Nats for example, because I know they're the ro their roster the best. If we get down to, you know, the fourth, fifth guy in their rotation where Voth or Fetty is pitching, you know, I would, I would bet against the Nats because I think they're going to have to use more guys early and those guys are going to get pulled early. But in games where you really like the starter, if you see, you know, DeGrom on the mound or you see, um, you know, any of the other ace pitchers, someone like a Max Scherzer on the mound, you know, I like those teams more. I like betting based on the pitchers more than I would. And it's already a huge factor, right? So, so I don't want to downplay that. It's already, a, you know, a major factor in, in how you bet. But even more so in the doubleheaders for me because you can see a guy who's dominant go the full seven and you never even get to see a reliever that you may be able to hit off of if, you know, Scherzer, Scherzer can easily throw seven innings. He does it all the time. So you can see that guy go, go take a full game and, and, you know, put up a zero or a one spot for the other team. So putting it all together, are we looking at higher scores? Are we looking at lower scores? Or are we looking at seven inning games being 77% of the scoring of a nine inning game? I don't think there's enough evidence to really think that it's going to be significantly different than, you know, seven out of nine of what the... the so we're kind of looking at the same. So my theory really, you're blowing it up. It's kind of all baseball's baseball. It's, it's a good thought. Like, it's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not a bad thought by any means. I just don't I, I don't... I wouldn't expect to see significantly higher or lower proportional over-unders for those games. All right. Last question on baseball. Yeah. Can anybody beat the LA Dodgers? Yes, I actually, you know, we, we talked on the last episode about the Yankees slipping a ton. A ton. Um, and surprisingly, I was, I was looking for futures on them because you know my, my theory, if we go back to episode one or two on, on futures on teams, is you get them at their low points. It's, right. it's like futures are like buying stocks. You buy them with, when they're at their low and hope that that stock rises so you can potentially hedge out in the future or just win the bet outright. Um, the Yankees are on a downward slope. I like taking them. They... they haven't forgotten how to play a baseball. Like, baseball is a streaky they sport. They have so many injuries. It's unbelievable. They no, their lineup, I don't know how many of their opening day guys are actually in the lineup right now, except maybe Voight. 
I, I don't I don't think it's it's to the point where I don't trust them to be a deep playoff contender. And and if you're telling me who who do you take under your head, Dodgers or Yankees, I'll take the Dodgers right now. But because the Yankees have been performing so poorly recently, I think they're due for a rebound. I think they'll show up in the playoffs, and I think you're, the best value you're going to get on the Yankees for the rest of the season is right now. While that's true, Billy, I don't even know if the Yankees are going to make the playoffs. We're only about a game ahead of the Orioles right now for, to, to, for that eighth seed. The Yankees are the – I don't know if you've looked – the Yankees are the eighth seed in the American League right now. Who would have thought that? And uh, the Astros are, the, I believe, the sixth six seed. Yeah. Those two teams are the favorites, six and the eighth seed. We never – we never thought we'd see that in the Orioles in ninth right behind the Yankees. That's crazy. Yeah, again, again, it doesn't bother me. When they get into the playoffs, they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to bounce back. And, and, look, they're only three games behind second place in their division. Yes, they're currently the eighth seed. But, again, they've been on a really, really tough downturn. I think they're going to turn it around and, and end up higher than the eighth seed. They're not going to probably make a one seed. But, again, once you're in the playoffs, it doesn't matter what seed you are. I think they have the capability to beat any team. That's a fair point. Look. The funny part is, we seeding really truly doesn't matter. Billy's right about this. They still haven't decided where the Major League Baseball playoffs will be played, whether they're going to be in home stadiums or in some neutral sites, as there's been discussion of Los Angeles, Dallas, wherever. Um, so interesting that there's two weeks left in the season, or two and a half. We still have no idea where the playoffs will be played. Um, much less who's going to be in, in the National and the American League. So yeah, we'll we'll learn more in the next two weeks. We'll get back to this next week. It is time to talk about this NBA bubble. Yep. Um, let's save the Celtics for last. Hit me, Billy, with what you got right sure. now. Sure. So, I mean, let's, let's go ahead and comment on something there's no lines for anymore. You called the Heat. The Heat beat the Bucks. Giannis is out. There's a bunch of internet rumors going around that he is going to go to the Wizards, fingers crossed, for, That's for our Washington happened. Wizards. Why? But, or the Heat, or really, it, 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 there's no justification. It's just a bunch of fans saying... I want this guy on my team, and, and let's start a rumor about him leaving. He did address it last night and said, that's totally not true. I think his actual quote was, you know, some people see a wall when they turn around. I see a wall, and I run right through it. And he said he wasn't leaving, but I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a dramatic league. I, you know, there's no reason why he should come out and just be like, I'm leaving, I'm going to another team. It only benefits him to say he's going to stay, even if in a few weeks he changes his mind. Well, he's got another year left on his contract. This is a next year thing. Right. He's not a free agent now. He's a free agent in a year. Giannis, I, I, at least every indication, he's a super high character guy. I, I think he wants to build something where he is. My inside sources, since I do have a few in the game of mm -hmm. basketball, have shared with me that if there's anywhere he would go, it would be with the Dallas Mavericks to play with Luka, as they apparently are very close and there is a growing sentiment within the Mavericks organization, Mark Cuban, to grow this Euro all-European team and see if they can win titles that way. Uh, with that said, I'm a firm believer he will stay in Milwaukee long, long term. And I really hope he does, because I hate when these big-time star free agents leave the small market for the big market. It's not necessary. Giannis is a star no matter which team he plays on. I right. really hope they can continue to build something in Milwaukee. Flip side of that is... Milwaukee's got to address some internal issues. They have so much talent in that roster. They have shooters left and right. They have size. They have a point guard. And they have an MVP. Not I was going to say candidate. Probably going to be the MVP. Yep. They have a second star in Middleton. Why? They, and, and I understand Giannis got hurt midway through the series, but they were already getting knocked out before right. that happened. Right. I got to know, is Budenholzer the problem? What is going on with that team? Because... Uh, those first two and a half games before Giannis rolled his ankle was just, it was just crap. 
Yeah. And, and there's absolutely no talent excuse. They put together a championship-level team. I, I want to know what's going on with that team. Yeah, I, it, to me, it just strikes me as something where, where Giannis really needs, like, another star. Like, we see, like, He's got Middleton. Kawhi and PG3. But, but would you say Middleton's as good as, like, PG3? Paul, Paul George yeah. or Anthony Davis? Who are no, not as good as Davis. But the Lakers all of a sudden, the Lakers don't have that kind of depth either. They have two head toppers, but then there's a lot less after right. the fact. But I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, you know, maybe he's going to take this as a learning experience, but he, he hasn't showed a lot of playoff gusto the past couple of years when they've been in it. I think he needs a, a more experienced guy who's been there and won a championship to show him how it's done and how to maintain composure. Anyways, there's no betting on that series, but props to Chris for calling the heat over the, the heat, buck. baby. I told you, toughness. Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. It was all about toughness. Let's move on. Let's talk about Clippers Nuggets. So Clippers are up 2-1 to one on the Nuggets. The money line on them to win the series is minus 2,000. So awful odds if you want to bet on them. It's too late for that. Nuggets are plus 1,000. Um, they're only up one game in the series. Do you think they should be favored that much? No. Is there any chance the Nuggets come back? Absolutely. That series has been totally back and forth. And to be honest, a little closer than I thought it would be. Um, Denver can score. Michael Porter, who... Had a great eight-game bubble during the what was the extended regular season. Kind of got quiet in that Jazz series. Had a phenomenal game three, by the way. And I'm not always into talking about dunk highlights, but did you see that dunk on Montrezl Harrell with Michael Porter? Was that sweet. was dirty. Yeah. But Porter went for 20 and 10. I've been saying for a couple weeks now, if he's going to be that big third guy, because obviously they're, they're one and two. Actually, the Joker really is having a good series. He wasn't as good against Utah. Jokic is playing great now. I fully expect Jamal Murray to bring it as the series continues. We know what kind of clutch guy he's been as series get later with what he did at least against Utah. But if Michael Porter's going to be a player again, and he's a rookie, so I understand yeah. how he get, has his ups and downs. That's fair. We right. all can understand that. But if his, if his stock is rising again as this series progresses, I absolutely think the Nuggets can, can push the Clippers to the brink here. I like the Clippers from day one. I predicted the Clippers are the NBA champions. I'm going to stick, I'm gonna stick yep. with that. But do I think the Nuggets can't beat them? No, I, th I think there's a possibility here. Yeah, so, so it sounds like we both agree the Clippers are going to win this series. I, I think it's going to be a little more dominant. I'm not sure they're going to lose another game. I think they're going to take this 4-1. to one. Um, I love my Nuggets. You know, I picked them as like my long shot in, in the West uh, at, at plus 3,000. But I think their time is up. Um, I'll get to my bet in a second because I'm going to do another parlay with all three of the remaining series, um, and, and the Clippers are going to be a part of that. I, I just don't think they have it in them to continue. It's fair to say the Nuggets are in a must-win game four here if they're yes. going to stay alive. They yeah. cannot get down 3-1. Yeah. Um, let's jump to the other game in the West, the Lakers and the Rockets. Now, the Lakers have a 2-1 to one lead, but the Rockets came out and punched them in the mouth in game one. They it, really, really performed well, um, and then the Lakers have regained composure Two to one series lead for the Lakers. They're minus 750 now. Rockets are plus 525 for the series. LeBron was LeBron last night uh, in game three. He was phenomenal. He had 29 at the half. And a half, yeah. Um, finishing plays late in the game, being the best player in the league, blocked about five shots last night. I mean, he, he was vintage LeBron James. I obviously think the Lakers are going to beat the Rockets. You know my disdain for the Houston Rockets. Yep. I will admit. The number you just gave me is totally worth betting on the Rockets because they do have a shot in this series. I'll disagree with you again. I, I think I think <laughs> it, it's kind of the the same concept where where you know the Nuggets 
came out, had a good game, played well, but like just that one game doesn't give me enough to, to think that, that they're going to finish it off or the Rockets are. I think, you know, because the Rockets struggled so much with OKC, who is hands down a worse team than the Lakers, like there's no chance that they're going to come back in this series. The best they can hope for is six games here. It's a, it's a tricky matchup because it seems like Vogel's a little bit unwilling to play Davis at the five. He keeps playing JaVale McGee or Howard. And to be honest, when the Lakers go big, it really puts them at a defensive disadvantage. Yep. The Rockets just spread the floor, and you just try to play three ball all night long, and they can do that. Um, I, I think if Vogel's willing to play more Davis at the five, I agree the Lakers should dominate, but he seems unwilling to do that, and I kind of don't get why. Yeah. Um, so the other interesting thing I've found about NBA betting versus, you know, we, we talked about hockey already, where the Lightning are dominant. They won their first game 8-0. to 8-2. 8-2. But by six goals. Yeah. And, and they're only minus 550 favorites in that series where – even a game that's you know two to one, the the smallest odds favorite we see is the the Lakers, but they're minus seven fifty. Like we see Vegas setting lines that are so dramatically in favor of the favorite compared to other sports that that you know. Is this is there an LA Lakers factor in the betting? Me, all right, I got Vegas is four hours from Los Angeles. Okay, Laker Nation is huge. Laker Nation is probably the biggest West Coast fan base of any sport that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Is it entirely possible that the Lakers being the Lakers and LeBron being LeBron, it just gets overbet in their favor, and that's why the numbers go that way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's really important to remember that betting lines are set based on how Vegas is going to make money, not by the exact proportions likely that the teams are to win, right? right? So, so just because the line is super in favor of the Lakers doesn't mean the Lakers are actually that favored to win. It means so, many, of people are betting on the Lakers. so many people have bet on the Lakers that they need to move the line to be that far because in, in Vegas' perfect world, right, the exact same amount of bets are put on each team, oh, yeah. and then they're guaranteed to win money. Well, they win the VIG. The VIG is huge. That's, right. that's the win. So, so that is entirely possible, um, and, and we see that for the Lakers and Clippers, who are huge favorites in these series, and everyone was saying we're huge favorites coming into the playoffs. Um, so, so they make money because they know people are going to bet on them either way, push those lines out, make them bigger favorites than maybe they should be, um, and more than likely, like, those teams will still win. Um, it's not a bad thought to try to just short every, every series from here on out. Um, I don't like them now that these series have started, but before the series start, if you if you take dogs, know that you're going to lose more bets than not, but you may get good enough money on the ones that you do bet that you make some money. Um, but, but yeah, that's definitely possible. Let's get into the series that matters, baby. The Boston Celtics lead the Toronto Raptors three games to two after a completely brainless play at the end of game three leave. Freaking Obi-Wan Kenobi or whatever his name is wide open for the three. Then the Celtics played a completely lazy game four. All of a sudden, it's 2-2 Celtics Nation. We're getting a little nervous. But a really, really great defensive effort to bounce back in game five. The Celtics cut them off literally from the first minute of the game. I mean, the Raptors scored 11 points in the first quarter in game five. Celtics jumped out to about a 15, 20-point lead. Coasted throughout. Won by double figures. And here we are. It's Wednesday. 6.30 6.30 p.m. tonight, game six. Can our boys close out? I think they can. I think they can, too. I, you know, we both talked about 
if the Celtics were up 2-0, we both thought, you know, that this is all but done. And neither of us probably would have guessed that, that it would end up 2-2 at some point if the Celtics went up 2-0. But Toronto is a tough-minded, championship-caliber team. I will say, like, one of those wins kind of felt like a fluke to me. Like, that last-second buzzer beater, like, like, Brad Stevens has to be better about his defensive play calling on that inbounds pass, and the series is already over. So, I, you know... To me, I still feel like the Celtics, they're minus 450 for this series, by the way. They only need one game. I'm not going to be so confident to say they're going to close it out tonight. You know, gun to my head, I would say that they're finishing it out tonight. But I do know for a fact, and I'll be embarrassed next week if I'm wrong, but they're going to win either, either tonight or in game seven. Like, like this is, there's no chance that the Raptors win this. Don't bet on the Raptors. Don't, don't take this plus 350. It's a trap. Celtics are going to win it. So that is my favorites parlay. All the favorites. Lakers, Clips, Celtics. I think they're all a lock. I don't think it's really going to be that close for anything. Uh, these are series. These are series parlays. parlays. So Lakers to win their series versus the Rockets. Clippers to win their series versus the Nuggets. Celtics to close out this one versus the Raptors. That pays out minus 222. So it still is favored over, over you know, it over not happening. Happen. But it gets you a little better value than trying to bet these individually where, again, Clippers are minus 2,000. Like, you're, you're not getting any money for what you're putting into that. So, parlay them, minus 222. Um, Celtics Nation, I expect to see you guys tonight. Yeah, come game on out. Game tips at 6.30. We open at 6. Open bar, 20 bucks. 6 o'clock to the end of the game. Wear your green. Let's freaking go. So let's touch on NCAA football. We uh, haven't talked about it yet. Not at um, all. There hasn't been a whole lot of really interesting games, big-name teams that have, that have played yet. Army, like, trounced some random team by, like, 59 points or something. Um, but and no, the, no. And the Navy got killed by BYU. The other Navy night, got crushed Nazi by coming. BYU. And Navy, I believe. Um, right. So, so nothing too interesting has happened so far. There are some interesting games that are coming up this week. Um, nothing that's like a super, super tight spread for any big name teams, but I'm an ACC guy. Shout out Wahoos. We have our, uh, game opener versus our rival Virginia Tech, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. So we'll talk about that on next week's pod. Um, but let's talk about some other ACC teams. There's not a whole lot of SEC action this week. So let's talk ACC. Um, there's four games I want to talk about that I have picks for. Wake Forest versus Clemson, Notre Dame versus Duke, Florida State versus Georgia Tech, and Syracuse versus UNC. We'll start at the top of that. So Wake Forest is a huge underdog versus Clemson, plus 33. Which is fair. And they should be an underdog. What's the number again? 33 points. 33. I'm taking, I like Clemson minus I'm taking Wake Forest 33. <laughs> Listen, I, I think the Wake Forest team is actually going to be pretty solid. I think they're going to put up a fight here. They're not going to lose by more than four touchdowns, and that's why I like plus 33. But they're not going to come within two touchdowns. Billy, this game's sure. going to be like 59 to 7, Clemson. I, I think Wake Forest puts more than that on the board. I don't doubt that Clemson can put up 50-plus here, but I think Wake Forest will score a couple Trevor touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence is playing to be the number one pick in the draft. Half of the Clemson team is playing to be first-round draft picks on the defensive side. They, they don't have time to mess around. Those guys are going to dominate. We can, we can have a heads-on bet in this 33 number. I got, I got Clemson. Big All big. right, so next game, Notre Dame versus Duke. This one I am taking the favorite, Notre Dame minus 20. Versus Duke, I think they're going to win by at least three touchdowns. Listen, like UVA, a team that I'll, I'll fall on my own sword, was not nearly as good as this current Notre Dame team is. Last year beat Duke by like 40. Um, 
I don't think Duke has really improved that much. They've returned a few guys, but not really added anything that makes me think they're going to be some sort of threat here. I think Notre Dame pummels them. Again, it's, it's like the opening game. Notre Dame has great coaching staff. I think they're going to come out, punch them in the throat. 25, 30-point game. Take Notre Dame minus 20. See, I, I, like, I like Duke to score a lot of points here. Notre Dame's going to win. Um, I wish I, I – don't, I don't have in front of me the over-under. I, I think it's going to be an extremely high-scoring game. Uh, so if the number on the spread is 20, I'm actually – I like Duke here plus the points. And Billy's trying to pull up the over-under now. 54. So I, I sprung that on him. I love over 54 in this game. Okay, yeah. I, I think Duke, I, Duke can – one thing Duke can do, they don't defend very well, they don't run much, they can throw the ball. And that's why they were going to see some kind of shootout here. I mean, they, they, listen, they don't have Daniel Jones anymore, so I, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Duke's going to be under under 20 points, no doubt. I think Notre Dame's going to run away with don't this guy. Don't um, Let's jump to the next game. Again, we want to roll through this kind of quick. Nothing too special going on. We want to get to the NFL. But Florida State versus Georgia Tech, it's pretty simple here. Georgia Tech's an awful team. The line's minus 12 and a half for Florida State. I think it's going to be a two-touchdown game. How good is Florida State, though? They've been pretty bad the last couple of years. You know, new they, coach, new regime. Let's see what they yeah, can do. They, they haven't been their traditional Florida State, no doubt. They don't have a Heisman quarterback, you know, but I think Georgia Tech is that bad. Yeah, actually, as much as I made the statement I just made, I agree Georgia Tech is that bad. I think, yeah. I think Florida State wins this by two touchdowns. Okay, last game, which I have a pick on. I don't know how I feel about it anymore. It's Syracuse plus 22 and a half versus UNC. I think the UN- really that's the number. I think the UNC hype train has freaking taken off from the station and gone to the moon, way higher than it should be. They're going to be good. Their quarterback is solid, but I just like like Sam Howell is a good quarterback. They're returning a lot of guys. They added a couple four or five star recruits, um, but they're young guys. They don't totally know the scheme yet. Um, Twenty two and a half is a lot of points, but I just found out today, actually after I wrote down this line last night, that. The top two running backs in Syracuse's depth chart are out. Um, that doesn't help. So that doesn't help. That you know, I'm not going to go on record with that one. But I'm Syracuse not going to call two it. Syracuse the last three years played Clemson to the brink, if I recall. So Syracuse actually, Syracuse did put up a fight. I think it was two years ago. It was two and three years ago. It was back to yeah. back years. Um, the Syracuse team, I don't think, stands a good shot at, at playing well in the ACC. Um, but I just think the 22 and point, 22 and a half points UNC. is a lot to a team that's not Clemson. Yeah, right? I agree. I agree with you. I, um, I like Syracuse. But again, I'm not going on record with that one because they lost their top two running backs. They're going to have no running game. Um, so I'm not going to go on record with that. But I, I, I do think UNC is overhyped. We'll look at it next week, see how it plays out. Let's get the NFL, baby. All right, guys. NFL is back. We start tomorrow night. Guys, we will have an open bar, our famous $20 open bars. It starts at 8 o'clock tomorrow night on Thursday. It will go till we close, which will be at the end of the game. Chiefs, Texans, which is a playoff rematch. Two of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, so much excitement. I cannot wait to see Mahomes against Watson. By the way, I posted on my personal Facebook. Deshaun Watson is like my favorite human being in sports right now. I don't know if you saw his press conference after he signed his mega extension. I did not. It was so emotional. It was so personal. This is the same guy that when he got his first NFL paycheck, donated to all the cafeteria workers at the Texans uh, location. Uh, it's hard not to like the guy. The, the guy. the guy's an awesome guy. If you know a little bit more about his personal history, uh, him and his family were homeless. Warwick Dunn, who played in the NFL for about 10, 12 years for the Bucks. Um, has been building homes for disadvantaged families for actually about 20 years now. And Deshaun Watson's family was one of those families that Warwick Dunn had a home built for when he was a kid, I think when he was maybe 10, 11 years old. 
He has always been in the pay it forward mentality as a human being. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to root for this kid. He's just, everything about him, his character is phenomenal. Um, doesn't mean I think they're going to beat the Chiefs or anything like that. I'm just, I just wanted to kind of make that point. Love the guy, think the world the guy, and I'm rooting for him. If you love him so much, why don't you marry him? I, I don't <laughs> no really know that. that. <laughs> no, he, he is a good guy. I remember watching him at Clemson and, and just thinking great things about him, even though he was dominating us in the ACC. Um, let's get into that game to start. Texans Chiefs. So, so the way we want to do this for, for all you guys at home and the way we're going to think about doing this going forward is that Chris and I are going to pick every game, every week, keep track of our record throughout the season. It's going to get, get up in the, in the hundreds and stuff oh, by, yeah. by the time the, the middle of the season rolls around. So it's going to be exciting. Um, let's start. We're, we're, again, we're going to go through all the games, and then I'll give you my top five, four or five games that I really like. So they're going to be a part of what I pick here, um, but I'll circle back at the end and say, hey, you know, these are the top five that we like. Now, before we do that, Let's get into futures. We talked futures for all the other sports as we, we started in episode one. I want to talk about where Vegas has the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Um, I'll, I'll run through first, let's say, the top 10 teams that are Super Bowl favorites, and then I'll tell you the ones that I like. So top two, Ravens and Chiefs are both at plus 600. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, there's a couple different sites. So I said shop around before, definitely for futures, shop around because this site says 750. I found another one that says plus 1,000. Wow, that's quite a difference. 25% more money. Um, so, but, but on this site where I'm reading them all for, from, they're 750. Tampa Bay Bucks and the New Orleans Saints are at plus 1,200. Dallas Cowboys at 1,500. Seattle Seahawks, Philadelphia Eagles, and the New England Patriots, home of Dirty Water, are all plus 2,000. So this year, just so you guys know, the New England Patriots and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be housed here at Dirty Water. We will feature both teams all season long. It turns out the NFL, a little creative scheduling. They don't play at the same time until week 15. They either play 1 and 4-15 or Monday night, Sunday night. It's all varied the first 14 weeks of the NFL season. The Pats and the Bucks do not play at the same time. I think the NFL kind of knew where their oh, yeah. their, they, their bread was getting buttered here a little bit, whether it's they, Tom Brady or former Tom Brady. Right. They they want the Pats fans who love Tom Brady and they're so, still going to watch Tom Brady and Gronk, and then they want the Pats fans who are going to stay loyal to the Pats and watch the Pats. And there's probably some overlap of those two groups. Guess what? We're going to feature both for that exact reason. Um, so I read through those, right? Here are some of the teams that I like. Uh, I'm a Steelers fan. I cannot, cannot, cannot root for the Ravens, so I'm not picking them. I do think they have the pieces to make a good playoff run. Like, their defense is pretty solid, um, and obviously Lamar Jackson showed he was a good, 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 good quarterback, like top-tier NFL quarterback last year. We'll see if he can keep it up. There's always this narrative in the media about he takes too many hits, he runs too much, he's going to get injured, blah, blah, blah. I don't necessarily buy all that. Yes, it's an option, but you know, I, I don't think you should think about that too much for, for whether you pick them or not. Um, I just think that the Chiefs at the same money at plus 600 are a better pick. Um, they're really not losing a whole lot of talent. They're, they're, they're getting, they have everyone back. Really, so they're replacing Edwards Hilaire as their new running back, who many yeah. people are saying is it's better, better than, than, the, than the guy they had before. So I think they're so good. Their defense, they actually had a couple guys, uh, Juan Thornhill, shout out, UVA grad, um, get injured before they won the Super Bowl, and, and he was having like an all-rookie season on defense. So I think their defense is going to be stronger, save for some injury troubles. 
Um, I, I don't think there's a reason to like the Ravens who haven't shown they can finish in the playoffs with the team they have now versus the Chiefs who have shown that they can. The Chiefs, let's not forget, they were down in almost every playoff game they Doesn't had. Like the last three, they are explosive. They can put up points. Unreal. I like the Chiefs plus 600 more than I like the Ravens. I, um, and I just want to jump in. I hate yeah. picking a favorite here. I, I, I absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I, I think the Chiefs repeat to win the Super Bowl this year. I'm, I'm completely on the Mahomes train. And, and at, the, at the very least, again, these are futures, so think about them more like investments rather than you have to pick this and sit with it the whole way. If the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl and play another team that I love in the 49ers at plus 100, and you're like, okay, that 49ers defense is fucking good. Like, like I don't know if I really love that. Hedge out. Right. Um, and if you, if you do what I think the Super Bowl matchup is going to be, again, 49ers Chiefs, if you pick Woo! both of them, one of them has to win, Repeat right? Repeat matchup. So I, I think that's what's going to happen. I love the 49ers defense. I think they're the best defense in, in the NFL, and I think there's only two teams that are even close to it. Um, there's some doubts with Jimmy G. Like he, he's not a Patrick Mahomes. He's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not even someone like an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees that has. You just mentioned two Hall of Famers. When you say someone, you kind of downplayed it. Those are two Hall of Famers. No, Jimmy G's not a Hall of Famer. No, he's, he's not. A pretty, he's a pretty solid quarterback, though. He did, go, he did take them to the Super Bowl last year. He didn't play great in the fourth quarter. They're, Mahomes was tremendous. They lost. But, I mean, I think we're kind of beating up on Jimmy G a little too much. Pretty, their O-line and their run game took him to the Super Bowl, but I think it could do it again. Um, so I love 49ers. Again, you can get them at plus 1,000 on a couple sites. So, again, shop around those futures. Um, so that's one, one NFC, one AFC team. I have one more NFC, one more AFC. In the NFC, this team gets so much crap for not being able to play in the playoffs, but there's no reason to think they won't be there, the Dallas Cowboys. I like them plus, plus 1,500. Um, I don't like the Cowboys as a team. I don't like pulling for them, but I, I think they're going to be in the playoffs. I think they're going to make it past the first round, and at plus 1,500, that's good enough odds that you can hedge out of it and guarantee yourself to make money after they win their first-round matchup. I think that, they have all the pieces. That Week 17 choke job against a completely decimated Eagles team last year told me everything I need to know about this version of the Dallas Cowboys. The Philadelphia Eagles will win the NFC East. The Cowboys, maybe they're a six or seven seed in the NFC playoffs. They're not going to do jack. If you like the Eagles to win that division, they are definite underdogs at, well, close underdogs at plus 140. So you should bet on them. The Cowboys are the favorites. Uh, I disagree with you. I think they're going to take their division. They're going to win their first round matchup. And then you should hedge out of that bet. I think they're going to lose to somebody like the 49ers. Um, my AFC team that I like here, and this is a real sleeper. They weren't even in the top 10. Indianapolis Colts have Jacoby Brissett finally behind center for the whole season. It's not Phillip Rivers. Sorry, Phillip Rivers, who is actually, again, a you know, guy who, when he was on the Chargers, struggled late in games, but he didn't have the offensive line that the Colts have. The, yeah, off the offensive line is incredible for the Colts. They have a, a guy in Jonathan Taylor who was one of the, if not the highest-touted running back prospect in this year's draft class coming in, along with Marlon Mack, who, when healthy, was a very good running back. Mack had a 1,000-year season last year, nearly 11. I think it was like yeah. 1080 and, or something and, like that. And people are, are sleeping on T.Y. Hilton. He's still a damn good receiver, too. So I, I think they have especially that offensive line, and their defense is freaking good as well. I think they're a long shot pick to, to – I think they're going to get into the playoffs, no doubt. Um, and then it's, it's just about who their matchups are, whether you hedge out of that. But at plus uh, 2,500, I like them too much not to, to at least put them in my, my top four for the futures I like. 
Um, OK, we spent a little time on that. Let's run through these games quick. Um, before we do that, Dirty Water is the best bar in DC to watch NFL games at. They have more TVs per square foot than any other bar I've ever been to. I've lived here for three years now, been to a lot of sports bars. They've always got game sound on. There's passionate fans here. And we put every game on, guys. It's not just the Pats or the Bucks here. Even on Sunday, when the Pats are playing, we put them on the big TVs with the sound, but we do put every single game on in the front bar and in the back bar. It's where you want to go. Very few other places where you can get $20 open bars, drink as much Bud Light Seltzer as you can possibly drink while you're here for $20. Bucks. Um, let's get into the picks. Let's do it. Thursday night, Texans at Chiefs. Chiefs are minus nine favorites. Who do you like? Love the Texans in this game. Despite the fact that I just said the Chiefs are going to repeat as Super Bowl champions, I think we're looking at a great football game. Maybe not as high scoring as everybody thinks. I think we're looking in the mid to maybe high 20s, a kind of 27-23 possibly Chiefs win, but I think the Texans keep it close. I think the Chiefs dominate the Texans here. Uh, no DeAndre Hopkins for the Texans anymore. I think the Chiefs are going to the Texans are going to struggle on offense a little bit. I think the Chiefs score by two touchdowns. I'm taking Chiefs minus 9. Okay. Um, 1 p.m. game Sunday. The Washington football team. Yeah, the Washington the football The Washington team. The artists formerly known as the Redskins are at home against the Eagles. The WFTs are <laughs> plus six underdogs. Who do you like? Eagles minus six. Uh, yeah, Eagles minus six on the road. I agree with you. Uh, you know, I still don't love Washington's quarterback play. I'm not sure, you know. They're... Alex Smith's going to take that job by about week five. <laughs> I mean, if, if he can come back from injury, that, that would be a, a wonderful story. He, he's to, on to the watch, roster. He's so. active. Um, but I still like the Eagles. I think they're going to win by a touchdown. Um, Jets at Bills. Bills are minus six and a half favorites. Jets plus the six and a half is going to be an ugly, ugly ugly football game that's going to finish in a 13-13 tie. Uh, <laughs> that would be awesome. I would love – there's nothing more fun than a tie. Um, I like the Bills here. I think Stephon Diggs is going to add a new layer for Josh Allen to bomb stuff out to. I, I like the Bills to win by a touchdown. And, and this is something I'll, I'll pause on our rapid-fire thing to talk about here is I don't know if this is a good thought or a bad thought, but it's something I cannot help but find myself thinking about when I look at NFL spreads is the number three and the number seven mean so much to me, more than they probably should, where if the spread is somewhere around seven, if it's six and a half, I'm like, oh, I'm going to take the favorite. It feels ginormous. Like, like, give me that extra half point because yeah. a touchdown seven points. Right. It's probably a dumb way to think, but I can't help but be it like, oh. It is the way games are scored, though. So, actually, there's some logic. There is some logic to it, but I think, I think Vegas also knows that and tries to get you on setting the line just half a point oh, yeah. behind that. But they're, I am a they're, sucker they're, for they're it. They're still in business because they know what they're doing. So, the Bills minus six and a half, I, again, I see the six and a half, and I'm like, Oh, they're not getting, you know, they're not giving the Jets a full touchdown, but if the Bills just get one more touchdown, then I win my bet. I so. think the Bills are so vastly overrated. Everybody's joining the season. I think they're going to win the AFC East, which they're not because the Pats are going to again. Uh, I think the Bills are a 9-7 and seven team. The Jets are probably like a 6-10 and 10 team, but on opening day, it's just going to be a crap fest between these two. Okay, you like the Jets. I like the Bills minus 6.5. Next game, Dolphins at Pats. Pats are minus 6.5 favorites. I do like the Dolphins plus the 6.5. I like the Pats to win the game. Uh, okay, I like the Pats minus six and a half. I, I think Bill Belichick coaches too well to come out and let a Dolphins team be anywhere close to him. The Dolphins have a way of battling the Pats. It's just the way it is that matchup. Isn't it weird reason. that they, they like got Tua, everyone was on the Tua train, and now Fitzpatrick's the starter? Yeah, but I think Tua's going to be. By I, the think, end of the I think it's a matter of time. 
So, I mean, listen, Fitzpatrick is one of those explosive guys where he can either throw three picks or four touchdowns in a game, yeah, sometimes both. And he'll like, run for one, knock his head loose, give you that crazy eye, yeah. think he thinks he's at a heavy metal concert. But I, I, don't, I don't think they, they have enough weapons to keep up with Cam Newton and the Pats. Um, so I'm going to take the Pats. You're taking the Dolphins. Um, Packers at Vikings. Vikings are minus two and a half favorites. This is one of the games of the week. Uh, I'll take the Vikings at home. Um, just it's, it's actually the Billy theory since the two and a half point spread. I think they win by three, and there you go. Yeah, so so I like the Packers here. I like the Packers plus two and a half. I like the Packers money line. I think they've had the Vikings number for a while. You can't trust Kirk Cousins as far as you can throw him, and I'm kind of weak, so I can't throw him very Why far. Why is that so down at Cousins? Didn't he win a playoff game last year on the road in New Orleans? That's pretty good. Uh, listen, I, I just don't he, – he's not a closer. I just don't – I don't like him – Cousins versus Rodgers, Rodgers no, every day I mean, of the week. Well, I mean, but that's yeah. the game. I don't know if that's the game. I think the Vikings have a better team. I definitely think they have a better defense. I like the Packers there. I think, I think they just have the Vikings numbers, and, and they're going to win this game. So not a, I'll, I'll take the bet with the points, plus 2.5 Packers. You're going minus 2.5 Vikings. Uh, Bears at Lions. Lions are minus 3. Trubisky was named the starter in Chicago, Correct. which I think is just a – Ghastly mistake, unless there's something I just don't know. I think Stafford's got a bounce back year in him. I wish it was two and a half, but I'm going to take the Lions minus three. I, I like De- if, I'm hoping DeAndre Swift plays. He's questionable for week one. He's also on my fantasy team, so I really hope yeah, he plays. Okay. Nobody cares um, about your But I love Stafford. I, I think Galladay is a big day. I, I like the Lions. I like the Bears. So we're picking a lot of the opposite games. It should be a fun, uh, fun to see how the record plays out here. I like the, the Bears. I think their defense is going to get it done. Uh, they have some good receivers. I know I can't trust Trubisky, but he's not absolute dog shit. I don't know. Uh, he's pretty bad. I think, the defense, I think the defense gets it done here for the Bears. Um, Seahawks at Falcons. Falcons are plus two underdogs at home. I think the Seahawks kick their ass. I, I think they do, too. Although it's funny because the Seahawks always seem to get in these tight games. But two points, they'll, they'll, they'll cover that. Yeah, the, the Falcons, I think the biggest offseason move they made is they now have Todd Gurley as their main running back. Let's see how healthy he is, though. I swear to God, he's not as old. He, when he is healthy and he gets the ball, he's tremendous. But I feel like over the last two, three seasons, there's always these limitations with how many times he's allowed to get in the game and make, and make a play. So as good as he is, I just feel like, man, what is he going to get? 14 touches, 16 touches? I like the Seahawks. Yeah, I like the Seahawks as well. Um, two points is, isn't quite enough. And the Seahawks played well on the road last year, although there's no fans, so it doesn't really matter. But they did play well on right. the road last year. And, and that's something that we should talk about next week when we have more time because how does home field advantage play into things? We'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. Uh, we both like the Seahawks there. Browns at Ravens, minus 7.5 for the Ravens at home. The Cleveland Browns are going to win the AFC North. The Cleveland Browns are going to win this game. Every defensive coordinator in the NFL, if you notice the NFL draft this year, safeties were getting picked left and right in the first round against quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen or these running guys, Trubitsky. We're going to see a whole bunch of three safety. I think Lamar Jackson flops on his face this year. Not that he's going to have a terrible year. I say flop on his face versus his MVP year last year. I think the Browns have always had this talent they've been not knowing what to do with because they had such bad coaching. I like the Browns this year, 11-5. and five. They're going to win this game. Take the money line. Take the Browns on the road. Take the Browns plus the points. Take the Browns all friggin' day on Sunday. I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> I 
I think, I think that Odell Beckham is going to love the Browns because their color is brown and they're a piece of shit. I'm sure you heard well, that he likes story. Getting pooped on. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, the yeah, joke. Yeah. There you go. Catch up, buddy. Um, yeah, I, I don't think the Browns are going to pull it together this year. At the very least, they're not going to pull it together. Game one against the Ravens. Ravens minus seven and a half. I know I talked about that seven That's number. A lot of points. It's not enough. They're going to win by two touchdowns. Take Ravens minus seven and a half. Their defense is too good. Um, Colts at Jags. Jags are plus eight underdogs. That's tough. Um, I don't. I don't love Rivers. I, I got to be honest. I know the Colts are kind of your long shot picking futures. I think Rivers is a turnover machine. I think the Colts are the better team. They probably win the game, but eight's too many. I'll take Jackson. Taking Jags plus eight. I'm taking Colts minus eight. Their offensive line is studly, and their defense is pretty darn good, too. I just don't think the Jags have any weapons. I think they're going to put up maybe 10 points. DJ Chark, baby. Um, Who's throwing to him? Anyways, Raiders at Panthers. Panthers are plus three underdogs at home versus the Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders, we might add. First year in Vegas. I like Henry Ruggs. I think he's going to be an absolute superstar. I think he's the next Tyreek Hill. Uh, I like the Raiders. Yeah, I, yeah I just – I picked the Panthers plus three, and this is probably the game, the pick that I love the least of all of them because I can't really trust the Panthers because um, I don't think their defense is any good. Uh, but I don't think the Raiders is that great either. I'm going to take Panthers with the points and hope that Jacoby Brissett, who I misspoke and said was on the Colts, will, will actually lead them. And, and I think he's a decent well, quarterback. Well, Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback of the Panthers. So I don't know. Jacoby, you think Jacoby Brissett is <laughs> everyone's on every quarterback. Team. Um, I think, well, I think both Brissett and Bridgewater are good quarterbacks. But I, I think Br- Bridgewater is a step up from Kyle Allen, who I they just played don't know last who he's year. To. They don't have much. They don't have much at all. Uh, send everything through Christian McCaffrey. Um, DJ Moore is actually a pretty good receiver for the Panthers there. Um, I like Panthers plus three. You like Raiders plus three, so I circled yours wrong. Um, Chargers at Bengals. Bengals are plus three underdogs at home versus the L.A. Chargers. I don't see how the Chargers do much of anything with the Tyrod Taylor. I, don't, shoot, I can't remember the kid from Oregon who they drafted uh, who will probably eventually take the quarterback spot. I, I, I Herbert, Chargers, Justin yeah, Herbert. Justin Herbert. I think the Chargers have a terrible year. Um, I like the Bengals, man. I like, I like Joe Burrow, Heisman Trophy, getting his first win. I'm taking Bengals plus three as well. I think Joe Mixon is a very good running back. Mixon is a good running back. Um, Boyd is a good receiver. If Joe Burrow can can hit this seamless start, I think they're actually you know stand a chance at, at being a contender in their division. So. Um, I like Bengals plus three. I think they might just win that game outright. Um, Bucks at Saints. Saints are minus three and a half at home. Who that nation, baby? I think the Bucks cover this. You do? <laughs> yeah. I don't <laughs> want to pick this it. out. I don't want to pick it. Dirty Water Nation, you want to pick it because you love TB12, and I understand, and Gronk. I'm a Saints guy, but I like the Bucks. Okay, I like the Saints minus three and a half. Um, I, I think they're a very good team. I just I don't know if the Bucks can pull all these new pieces together fast enough. It's week one. I like the Saints just because it's week one. Maybe it's a different story later in the season. Um, cards at 49ers. 49ers are minus seven-point favorites. I actually like the cards here. Okay. I, think, I think the cards are actually going to be one of the most improved teams in the NFL. Made a lot of moves on teams like Kyler Murray in year two. He obviously has, elite, he has elite receiver right now. Uh, Larry's still catching the ball. He's actually still productive, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, I, yeah, the Niners probably win this game. I think this is actually a highly competitive game, much more than maybe. I think that 
conventional wisdom is that the Cardinals are probably the last place team in this division. The Niners are on top, battling Seattle. I, I don't think it's going to be that way. I think the Cardinals maybe are like an 8-8 eight eight type team this year. I think they're really on the move. Yeah, I think, I think that's actually been a lot of sports talk shows. Sleeper has been the, the Cardinals this year. I, I think a lot of people agree with you. In this game, I just think the 49ers' defense is too good. I'm taking them minus 7. Um, let's jump to the next one. Cowboys at Rams. Rams are plus three at home. Rams at home. Rams at home. Rams at home. I still like Goff. I think he gets overly criticized. I don't love the Cowboys, as I stated earlier. Uh, the Rams being a dog at home. Uh, let, let's, let's go with the Rams. I love the Cowboys at minus three. I think they should be favored by more. I think they're going to win by ten points. So I'm going to take the Cowboys minus three. That is the Sunday night game, 8 p.m. Let's jump to Monday. My Pittsburgh Steelers at the New York Giants, plus six for the Giants, underdogs. Billy and I talked about this off-air. I just think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Minus six, I think the Steelers end up winning this by about ten. I think we're looking at kind of like a 38-28 kind of game. I think Daniel Jones has weapons. I know you love the Steelers' defense. I like the Steelers' defense, but I love the Giants' offense. I love the Steelers' offense more. I think Ben comes back like he didn't miss any time. Uh, I like the Steelers minus six, but I think this is going to be a highly entertaining football game. Yeah, I do too. This line opened at minus four for the Steelers and has gone to minus six. A lot of people are taking them. I think a lot of people should take them. I'll still take them at minus six. Um, let's go to the last game on Monday, Titans at Browns. This was a true pick yesterday. Now it is Browns plus two with the Von Miller news. He's likely going to be out for the season. Uh, it's at mile high. Broncos are two-point underdogs. Yeah, the Broncos. You know what's funny? I, I like Drew Locke. I don't know if – I know they've, they've drafted a couple of receivers in the last few years. It seems like it's getting a little better. Tennessee, I'll tell you, Mike Vrabel is, is the young Bill Belichick coach in the NFL. That's, his, that's, his, that's the mentor-protege thing. Um, Tennessee obviously got to the AFC Championship last year by grinding you to earth and yep. running the ball and Derrick Henry and Tannehill just making a couple plays and he has to. Uh, you picked the Colts earlier as a team you like the AFC South. What I was going to get to earlier is I like the Titans in the AFC South. I like the Titans in this game. I think they're just going to play hard-nosed, ugly, running down your throat football. And without Von Miller, uh, that's just one less great player in defense yeah. that the Broncos have. So I like Tennessee. I'm with you. I'm taking Tennessee. Giving them two points is just not enough for me to flip. I don't think the mile-high effect is real. Um, I think Tennessee is going to win this game. I think they're a better team, especially without Von Miller. So, Bill, you got some. You got some of your actual now betting money picks for the weekend. Yes. So, so we picked every game. We'll pick every game every week. Let me give you of those picks. Let me give you the four that I like the most. Uh, that Titans pick. Titans minus two. Smash it. Cowboys minus three. Smash it. Eagles minus six. I think they're going to destroy the Washington whatevers. <laughs> and the Pats, minus six and a half. Uh, I, I really don't think the Dolphins stand a shot in that one. I think they're going to win by a touchdown. So those are my four picks that I like the most of everything we just went through. Guys, we went a little long. There was a lot to cover. Uh, but I, I got to mention one thing. This coming Tuesday night is Dirty Water's third anniversary. Yes, we've been here three years. Uh, Mike's on the other side. This, you guys don't see him. He's one of our co-owners. Um, and then everybody knows Jeff. Everybody knows Jeff. Everybody knows everybody Jeff. Knows Jeff. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold, man. He's, he's, he's a, a man, a mountain of a man. Um, we're going to be celebrating our third anniversary Tuesday. We are going to do episode eight live Tuesday. We want to bring you guys on the air. Uh, have a little fun Tuesday night. Um, I posted all the specials for all of next week. 
on the Dirty Water D at Dirty Water DC on all of our social media platforms. Please check it out. Also, next week we are creating a holiday called September Patties. Since there's no St. Patties, we Ooh. all got stuck with COVID. There was no March 17th celebration six months ago. September 17th is upcoming. We're having September patties here at Dirty Water. Again, all the specials are posted at Dirty Water DC's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's all up. Check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. I really hope to see you guys. And we, Like I said, we're going to do the show live next Tuesday. Um, I'm Chris. This is Billy. This was Episode 7 of the Dirty Water Podcast. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I have to add is I, th I think this next podcast will be really fun to listen to. I know we're, we're very kind of analytical and focused on talking sports. This one will be fun. We'll have a lot of, of new faces on. I'll roast some people, make you guys laugh, or There's at least try to. It's going to be some drinks flowing, so it could get a little wild. You're not going to want to miss the Tuesday show next week. It's going to be a blast. Can't wait till you guys see it. Thanks, guys.